Hi and welcome. My name is Ali Hart and I am the host of this podcast and you're listening and watching How to Build a Creative Business in a Noisy World. I really hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to, well this is our last one of the Hindsight series for now. I'm kind of parking it for a little bit while we take a little bit of a hiatus, isn't that what they call it I think? But today I have Lisa McFarland. It's McFarland design. Yeah, you only think Lisa the relationship coach is how I knew her. But I'll be able to introduce her um, or let her introduce herself in a second. But for now, thank you for listening. Thank you for um, giving up your time to be a part of the podcast and the vlogcast. And I hope that you enjoy the episode. So hi, Lisa, how are you? I am good. And thank you so much for having me. I feel very um, special being the last one of the series. That's great. Yeah, it's great. And can you that? So I was just saying there before we got on air, I can't wait to get into sort of nitty and gritty of relationships because I know it just oozes out of you, the excitement <laughs> and how you're steeped in it. Um, your relationship coach, but... Can you tell us a little bit about, yeah, can you summarize that to begin with? Okay, um, so uh, I'm a relationship coach. I coach couples. My favorite couples to coach are couples who are in love and they've just lost their way slightly or something's come up for them and they've hit a hurdle that they don't have the tools to get over um which is what happened my husband and I and I just love to coach couples um, and my dream would be that people would come to couples coaching before the wheels fall off before it gets to that stage and my also my mission stroke dream is to make couples coaching and educating ourselves around relationships a normal thing take away the shame and the guilt make it a normal thing that oh yeah I'm going to a webinar about relationships just make that a normal thing that it's not oh have you heard about them they're um, in trouble because they're having to go and learn about relationships Mm -hmm. we need to know how to have healthy relationships when I said out not it's not it it sounds insane to me now on this side of the journey that we're not taught to have good relationships Mm -hmm. firstly Mm -hmm. with ourselves knowing loving accepting ourselves knowing our divine spark celebrating that knowing our enoughness and then bringing that to other people to other people our loved ones our partner all the things brilliant thank you for that yeah I'm already excited because I do and I was speaking yesterday to Owen Crane actually um he'll be launching just before yours and we were just talking about in education and how you know I don't know how the world has got to this stage where uh academia and um celebrating success is like ticking boxes rather than this like someone totally being in tune with themselves and letting creativity go. and even I see it in my boys you know they're not all the same um and then I suppose you can stretch that into business as well for me like the, the, mm-hmm. when you know yourself really well you can actually have a strong business because I am the business but I look forward to getting into all of that. Um, can you tell us then about how you got to here? Because you have a really interesting story about even the <laughs> pandemic. And this is the Hindsight series. So it's about looking back a little bit. So can you tell me that? Yes, I can. So I had a different life before um, lockdown. Um, I, um, I, My husband and I, we look after people with learning disability. And I'm um, HR over there. So whenever we went to lockdown, um, I was at home a lot more. My children are teenagers, but still needed me. Then it was a it was a scary time and we wanted to support each other. So the decision was made that I would stay at home as much as I could. And remember at the start, they told us it would be two weeks. Right. So 
I was like, right, that's fine. I can do two weeks in the house with the children. Children, they're, you know, they're, they were 18, 17 and 12 at that time. I was like, I'll do this. I'll support them emotionally. And I'll just check in at work via Zoom and things. Mm-hmm. But just prior to that, um, at the beginning of 2020, um, I had started little classes in my local community center to help women with their confidence, their communication, and their conflict. Okay. Um, because CCC. I had, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so I had been doing that in our work. I had been running classes in our work for our 50 odd employees. And I thought this is going down really well. I had finished my life coaching training and I thought, well, I could do this. And then I thought, right, okay, I'm going to try and do it in my local area. I was terrified, 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 but so lit up, so excited as well. Terrified, terrified, so excited. And then lockdown came. So that dream was gone. My little mini side hustle that was going to be my little thing for when my big girls were leaving to go to uni and I would have a lovely wee thing for me was dead in the water. So the announcement came and I know because I'm a life coach that I have to give myself purpose. I have to give myself purpose every day. I'm also, um, well, I say I'm a lazy person. Nigel, my husband says, you're, how could you even, I like my sleep, Ali. I like my sleep. Okay. I'm not great. At, like I'm not one of these six o'clock in the morning people. <laughs> no, I'm like, you know, no, not, no, no, not one of those people. So I knew my teenager would be lying on till 11. I knew if I didn't give myself purpose, I would be lying around in my jammies and that would take me down a place where we don't need to go. So I got on Instagram and I said, I will be on Instagram every morning at 10 o'clock because I'm a life coach and I'm meant to know how to do these things and I'm struggling right now. So I'm going to get on every morning at 10 to help you guys. If one person shows up, sure, that's helping one person. But that one person was me. It was to give me purpose. So it just started rolling. I thought, sure, I could talk for 14 days, for 20 minutes for 14 days. That's easy peasy. Um, I did 57 in a row. Executive, right? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had to stop the weekend. Strength, you call that a, 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 yeah, yeah. a 57. I think I did 28. I think I did 28. And Still, then Nigel, my friend. Okay, at 10 o'clock every day. Um, and Nigel and my friends were like, okay, sweetheart, I think this is going to be going on for a while now. So maybe keep the weekends off. I was like, fine, okay. But it gave me purpose. I started getting wonderful messages. And then I didn't know there were influencers. I didn't know about those people. But then they heard me. Sinead Haig was one of them. And um, she has been so, so good to me and shouts me out. And my numbers just kept going up. So I think the first day of lockdown was the 24th of March and the seven people watched. They were my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the end, when everyone starts. It's I always tell yep. my mentoring students, you know, like you got to start somewhere. Yep. And by the end, over a thousand people were watching every morning. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Good. Um, so you that was that's basically a year, though, isn't it? So what yep. about you, Lisa? You're you mentioned there. So you're married. Mm hmm. And the three kids. And then where did you grow up or where did, did schooling start for you? If you want to touch on anything like that. Yeah, um, I have a huge, I have huge imposter syndrome. My little logo is just a thought because when I started the page, um, relationship coaching page, I started that in May 2019 because people were really sick listening to me, banging on about it. And my friends uh-huh. and family and co-workers were like, why don't you just start a wee page? In other words, Go and tell them. <laughs> talk, 
boring us about it. We know now. Um, so I had huge imposter syndrome because I failed my 11 plus. Mm-hmm. I did okay in my GCSEs, went to tech, did two years of childcare, loved it and worked in childcare for a long time and loved right. it. And I'm, I'm good with kids. Um, but whenever I started going on to the page, um in may 2019 i ended on my little so i did little videos little seven minute videos but i ended them all with just a thought because it was just my thoughts i didn't want anybody to be like oh lisa mcfarland says to do this so we must do it it's just my thoughts mm-hmm. um i just kept me a wee bit safe it kept my imposter syndrome sort of mm-hmm. calm down so that was huge for me Glen Gormley, I'm from Glen Gormley originally, went to Glen Gormley High and then went to Robert Stanley to go to tech. And then Nigel and I went and lived away for a few years. Yes. Where were you? So my brother's in California. So uh-huh. we went just outside LA. So we went there. I often say that was like us going to university because we went for three and a half years. So that was instead of going to university, we went to the school yeah. of, what is that school of? Life. Yeah. <laughs> Whereabouts were you in California? Just outside LA, it's um, Manhattan Beach. I worked in Manhattan Beach. Okay, yeah, yeah. Friends uh-huh. of ours are in Topanga, so like in the yes, canyon. Yes. Lovely, beautiful, beautiful. Wow, so you're three years there. Three and a half years, yes. And I nannied for a girl time when I was there and Nigel worked for my brother. And this is pre-kids? It's pre-kids. And then um, we were married by that stage. And then... You know, the whole, okay, where are we going to have our babies conversation came up and I loved living away, but um, yeah, home, home was home, home was home. Yeah. I couldn't imagine having babies without my mommy, you know, I was just, you know, so it was our, it was our time to play and we came and we came home then in, oh, I'm hopeless with dates. Um, I think 98, I think we came home. Um, and then worked away, childcare, Nigel started his own business, and then babies started to happen. Not not easy peasy for us, but we, we got her, we got we got the ball rolling eventually. Brilliant. Um, and it's really interesting too, because Michael and I, uh, we loved to have gone away. So we just pushed doors to get to, it was New York at the time, or New Zealand. And we for years and years, and then we had the boys and we're still trying. And just actually this year, we were meant to go to New Zealand to Auckland um but it's amazing because we moved house so many things then happened because of the pandemic and all that but it's really interesting how like you're so casual went there for three years so was it quite like like did you just decide one day you were going to go no Nigel had been to do you know the Ulster project Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he'd been to two of those when he was sort of 15 and 16 so he met people in San Diego Mm -hmm. and then my brother had moved to California when I was 10 so I probably always had and we always went on holiday there my yeah. mom and I went, or my mom and I would have gone by ourselves if my dad was working. My dad's a minister, so uh-huh. hard minister, so he would have been working quite a lot. So my mom and I would have went at Easter and things. Um, so I suppose it was just, and then when Nigel and I started going out at eighteen, he mentioned this that he'd love to spend some time there, maybe just a summer or something. Yeah. And I said, well, I've always thought that I would go there for a little while, and I think we told our parents we were going for a year. Yeah. Um, so we did the whole, we'll just be a year, you know, it's going to be our wee year out. And then we stayed for So 18. So it's really interesting for a uh, relationship coach as well. Then, so yeah, you're, you're well versed in being in a relationship. <laughs> well, somebody said to me once in a podcast, why? And I said, because I have 31 years. In the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you can always talk of being an expert in the thing that you're steeped in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so tell me then about that so when you 
I, did, I actually feel now I that's maybe where our paths have crossed a little bit before. Are you based in Bangor? No, no, no. I'm here in Antrim. Oh, you're in Antrim. Because I, um, young people with learning disabilities as well, I, I worked a lot with young people with learning disabilities and positive futures. So yes. I'm wondering if we maybe our paths crossed. Our paths crossed from Lee, my wellbeing pal. That's, uh, my, yes, that's yes. where I saw you first. And then... Or yes, then we do have. But friends. I'm just wondering about years ago, you know, whenever I was, and then I did a lot of work with supported living as well with adults, young adults learn disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are obviously at the center of what you do, people and relationships. Can you then shed a little bit of light on what you think day to day? So inside your home, outside your home, the value of healthy relationships for you as an ind- for an individual. Yeah. Yeah. Well, relationships are everything. Mm-hmm. Apart from when you go for a walk, relationships are everything. And even that, you're probably thinking about the people who you're going to make the dinner for when you go back home. They're everything. It's everything. And why we do not get education on how to do them, I do not know. Well, I tell you a little bit about how I actually got into this madness, I mean, apart from the pandemic. So um must be about six years ago now because I keep saying five years but we're a year more now so. no there's a year that we all just sort of <laughs> blurred out yeah that, that that pandemic year yeah so I'll be 49 forever um so <laughs> except I tell everybody I'm 43 um uh one point Lisa um so about six years ago Nigel and I had a situation come up for us in our work so we had we we were Nigel and Lisa we were totally in love we were we were we were those guys you know it was annoying that annoying couple and um, we had this situation come up for us in work and we just i had i had my idea of how we should deal with it and i had his idea of how we should deal with it and they were now nowhere near the same mm-hmm. and then we just fell into what i know now is our argument programming so our pre-programming from childhood from our family of origin we just fell into those argument styles so I'm a reformed huffer and Nigel is reforming is a reforming and defensive so my MO is talk 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 when I don't get my way huff Nigel's um, MO is um, really try to say as little as you can and then when you're attacked become defensive so really it was just beautiful it was just beautiful and that's okay and it's like my own house yeah and that's okay when you're dealing with norm little things but well, this was a quite a stressful situation so it went on and we kept discussing it and arguing about it and no raised voices we were not shouters we're not but I can I could huff for days and mm-hmm. um, even when there's an apology I can still manage to huff it's horrendous it's horrendous quality. I, I'm working on it. Um, so, and then our children started to say, are you two still talking about that? Why is it? Uh, 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 all the things. So eventually I said, Nigel, I think we need to go and talk to somebody about this. I had been to counselling after my mom had passed. My mom had passed then a couple of years. She's passed now eight and a half years. So, um, blah, blah. So he was not keen on the idea, but we got there in the end. So we went to her, we went three times and she just gave us tips and tools, simple things that we put in place and it stopped. We just stopped at just things like, okay, that is your work life. This is your home life. Have your arguments, have your discussions at work and off. Do not bring it up when it's so simple, Alan, mm-hmm. so simple. But when someone else that you're paying tells you to do it, 
you somehow or other do it. Mm-hmm. Um, other little things that she taught us about attachment styles, about what our love language was, about our family of origin, what we brought to it. And we were together since we were 18. So we'd not, not really had time to come out of that mature yeah that I know what you mean we were the same young and you just sort of delve straight in and you're just in it before you know whenever you're married young I think and she said to me one time I said well then I just do this and she says what about you just don't and I was like what that's an option I just don't I like I was just like and I suddenly realized I'm still behaving like that 19 year old girl who huffed because her boyfriend didn't ring her back you know so I just don't. I just don't. Um, simple, simple things. So then in conjunction with that, I was doing my life coaching course at the same time. Okay. So then the whole thing was just divine timing and it all just came together. And that's how I got into this by saying to people all the time, why does everyone not know this stuff? Why does everyone not know? Everyone should know this. And relationships are everything. They're everything. I use my I use the love languages with my teenagers. You can do it from your children are four years old. This idea of finding someone else to complete you has to go. Mm-hmm. It has to go. You are complete and awesome and everything. You, yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you bring that greatness to someone else and you choose to journey your life with them. And you keep choosing them every day. That's what's really refreshing, actually, to hear you say, because I know a lot of people who will be listening are not necessarily in a relationship. So they'll be like, oh, well, what's a relationship coach going to, how is that going to help me? But I am absolutely with you on that. I'm sure you know Matthew Hussey, isn't he? Maybe you should look him up. If not, yes. I'll send you. You'll like. So he's a relationship coach. Well, but I'm actually, I still watch his videos because a lot of them are just about communication and about being whole in yourself and, you know, not letting, not letting yourself be defined by that person. What would you say to people then if they were listening and they were thinking about, you know, maybe they're, maybe they're not 23 anymore and they're older and they're on their own. I really liked it. It was little penny thoughts. I know, you know, hmm. She had put up a really cool video the other day and it was, you know, one of the TikToks and mm-hmm. it said, you know, expectations for someone of my age or something like that, you know, should be married, uh, own a house, do whatever. I don't know if it's a Northern Irish thing, but these pigeonholes, I think a lot of the reason why I struggled myself, even when I was married but and had the boys but didn't really have a career, was I say like, I don't tick every box the way mm-hmm. people do. But what would you say to people today who think, well, I can't even think about relationships because I'm on my own, but I'm, I think, I'm assuming you're going to say something about having a relationship with yourself, but I'll leave that. Yeah, absolutely. Having a relationship with yourself. I mean, who wrote these frigging rules? Mm-hmm. Who wrote these rules? Some man in the 1400s wrote these rules. You do you, mate. You do you. Because you know what else? No one else can do you. You're brought here, your gifts. I think it was Elizabeth Gilbert said that the universe's biggest trick is to hide gems inside of us. And our life's work is to find those gems. Mm-hmm. So when I was younger, my gem was raising my children and working part time. That was my purpose. Absolutely my purpose. Um, and then as I got older, I knew I needed a different purpose. But don't let your purpose be something someone's told you it has to be. Find your purpose. My, I have a brother and sister-in-law who have chosen not to have children. Awesome. 
they're living their best life. They're, and she still gets pressure. Oh, Gwen, oh, Gwen, just stop it. Live your best life. Live your best life. Um, and when we're living our best life, we attract the right people to us. When you are living authentically in your truth, in your greatness, you'll attract the right people towards you. You'll absolutely attract the right people. And what would you say about, you know, social media? Obviously, you and I both have grown our businesses on social media. So there's so many good things about it. So social media, but even right before social media, magazines, messaging, um, relationships, there's always the grass is always greener. What, what would you say about that? You know, people chasing for money and different things. Like, how do you feel like we have been, like the messaging has mm. been, because like, you know what you're saying, like, who wrote that? because yeah. it feels like people like you and Bill Penny thoughts and even me when I do my I'm going to start calling it my post run message because I've always talked about well-being but it's now I just feel so sure every week I want to share this thing and I, I remember um a psychologist writing a very aggressive email to me and saying like how do you, you know who do you think you are and blah 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 um and because I will actually crumble into that my red to tea and just be like never come out again yes uh well do you know what it was the best thing that ever happened because that's what I you know you're saying about just a thought and I would even say I would even drop the just personally because I think just sometimes takes people away but that's just me uh, just me but um <laughs> I thought but but you know you safeguard yourself a little bit too because I can see that with me I would say look I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life but I want to share this with you because we actually warm to human beings and warm to that what would you say about all that messaging of striving for more being more but actually people like you and I who are in the nitty-gritty and are just like feck it I want to be authentic now like I want to and our, our other stories are so awesome on Instagram and they're so well put together, Ellen. Your story cracks me up. Oh, sorry, yeah, you mean about us? No, I know, we're, we're the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, there's very little. Uh, there's very little. Um, well, I'll tell you this wee story. When my girls were wee, um, I had a magazine just lying here, like Bella or something, I can't remember what it was. And they, one of them picked it up and said, oh, mommy, look at da-da-da. And the way that they saw it wasn't even what I saw, because I was a grown-up, I didn't even see it. You know, what they saw, and that was it. I never had a magazine in the house again. Never had any glossy mag ever in the house. The only time they saw them was at the doctor's office. Yeah. Never had, a, never had another one again, because I do think we have to protect ourselves. We protect ourselves from toxic people all the time, but we must remember that your Instagram feed, your Facebook feed is like inviting someone to sit on the settee beside you. Mm -hmm. We must call the people that we did not like in school, who just are not our people, doesn't make them bad people, but it's not our people. We must call, we must make our Facebook page and our Instagram page a happy place, an inspirational place, a place that um, brings us joy. And happiness and a laugh and an absolute laugh and that's the thing is that i guess you can only you can not buy the magazine but i suppose with the kids nowadays and all of that it's like just trying to educate them i guess that's relationships again is it about having relationships healthy relationship with your kids telling them that they still want the happy people there rather than it's about having the confidence to say this isn't good for me yeah my big girl deleted tiktoks was like I'm studying. I cannot have TikTok on so my, my goddaughter. And I said, oh, did you, did your mom? And she said, no, I just, I was on there too much. But how cool the kids actually have the wisdom to know that, to know yeah. the exhaustion of the vacuum. Exhaustion, the exhaustion. 
Um, and what would you say about relationships and work then? So do you, you have employees that are in their other work then too? So that, do you feel like all of the coaching now you can apply to that? Yes, or? that's how I started. That's where I started. That's where I started. And I think one of the biggest lessons for me when I did my life coaching course was limiting beliefs and the stories that we tell ourselves in our head that just aren't even true Mm -hmm. but also a big huge thing was that um, not everybody is for everybody and it doesn't make them bad people it doesn't make you a bad person but I spent years trying to morph and change into some version of what the people in church wanted me to be and what this group of people wanted me to be and what that group of and dialing myself down dialing myself back for years and years because I was too much I was too much and it wasn't until I became authentically myself and unashamedly this much that my tribe came yeah I remember talking to you uh, on a when you kindly invited me on a live with you, and I was talking about the I get sort of embarrassed about a couple of years ago when Michael and I were going through a bit of a rough patch, and oh, it's I, I'm trying not. You had a really good line. You said something about you didn't know. You know, you can't have shame around that when you didn't know. Um, now I'm annoyed at myself for not researching a bit more or being a bit more, but then I suppose you just. You just do what's your family of origin. Mm-hmm. Just do what comes from your family of origin. And when you, you didn't know, you can't blame yourself for not knowing what you didn't know. Mm-hmm. That would be like telling a toddler that they were in trouble because they were using nappy yeah. in or diapers instead of using the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, we just didn't know. Just but isn't it know. amazing how you still get through daily? It wasn't anything massive. It was just we weren't. And that's, I'm sure people will be like, when did that happen? I guess you mask all of these things, these things happen mm-hmm. but I do think how did we not I actually think the pandemic's been better for our communication mm-hmm. because we were all shoved in mm-hmm. under the same roof mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that idea of the kind of guilt and shame would you so I can let things eat me up a little bit so like that can make eat me up or then you know you said about toxic people you know something happened like in the last year for me and I'm, I'm still really sad that that person doesn't like me <laughs> And like actively says it, but like, how do you let, what would you give your tips and tools for just like letting that? Because if if that was you saying to me, I'd be like, you need to stop. This is eating into your day. This is eating into your happiness. This is one life. Live it. Doesn't matter. But those things do eat into. So a few things. And we have to grieve. Okay. There's five stages of grief. And I know that you know grief well. Um, So anger, disbelief, bargaining, sadness. So you, you might still just be in sadness and that's okay. That makes sense. Absolutely okay. And I, before at least came along, I had um, numerous miscarriages and I was annoyed with myself because I, I wasn't getting over it. I was just like, right, okay, I need to get back to work. I need to get, I need to do it. And a friend, a very lovely friend who actually made me do the life coaching course, so I owe her a lot of gratitude, um, said, do you want to be the sort of person who gets over this in a week? No, we don't want to be those sort of people. We want to be sad. We want to grieve. And then we come to acceptance and we see how "Mm, maybe this is actually a favor in disguise, you know, this friendship falling down. Um, The next part is that we have to accept that these things happen in life and everybody is not going to like us forever. Mm -hmm. And lots of friendships are for a season. They're for a season. They're not forever. They're not forever. 
And I would be the first to say that as well. It's just really interesting. You know, say as I do, not as I. Do as I say, not as I do. Isn't that sometimes what I think? And you know your automatic negative thoughts. So you have your automatic negative thoughts. So we call those Shirley. Um, So Shirley will come along and say, could you have done more, Ali? Yeah. Maybe you could have done more. Do you think maybe you should text again? Or maybe you should send flowers. Have you really done enough? We have to identify those. That's just your ego, your inner child, your inner critic. And you say, thank you for your advice, but I'm safe now. I'm safe. I'm an adult. I've done all the adulting I can do. We're going to move on now. Mm -hmm. Let me take your hand and we're going to move on now. Yeah. I actually listened to a really good thing about pride. You're talking about ego there. And it was talking about, you know, pride is the big is the big thing with all of us because you're you're too proud to walk away, but then you don't want to be too proud to walk away because <laughs> you you go through it's and, and also who was really good for me and I know for you as well was Lee from my well-being pal. And I um I oh I talk about things being in line in the universe and you're saying there about the timing of everything for you. But even those things happening in relationships, friendships, you can see how they're connected. And, and you, and even actually before that thing happened with that person, I actually had a feeling of how, how will this crumble? This is going to crumble sometime. How will it? So it's amazing how those things are in. Well, I'll tell you, well, I'll tell you how all this has come to full circle. Mm-hmm. So I stopped, we stopped going to church when the children, when the teen, when the big girls were just teenager, because there just wasn't anything at our church for yeah. them. So they we were basically going and they were playing on their phones. And I was like, this is no good. So yeah. then I continued to go myself and it just got to be. Um, and I also started to disagree with some things that were being taught. And anyway, that's by the by. So, but I'm a minister's daughter. So church and that tribe were my, that was that like if you didn't have that in your life I so I we stopped going as a family but I listened to podcasts listened to things that inspired me and probably um you know maybe slightly more forward thinking things um and I was out for coffee with our friend Julie McDowell uh-huh yes right all come full circle small world um, and I said, oh, I'm just so lost. And I just, and I just, I miss the structure and I just miss the, and I'd always been involved in mothers and toddlers and yeah. all the things. And, um, and she said, you know, I have a girl I've been to a couple of times. Her name is Lee. Maybe you should go. Well, I went and the first time I thought, oh my days, I am going to be going to hell in a handbag if I go into this girl. Like this is this is just like so far out of my comfort zone. I have no idea. But what came out of my mouth was fix me, mm-hmm. sort it out. There's so much more out here that I have no concept of. Go hit me. I want everything. And dear lover, she said, okay, that's not really how it works, but we'll start here. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to Lee um, and yeah, just opened my eyes to a whole new way of thinking, a whole new way of gratitude and universe and, and, and I- faith as well. For me, I still feel a faith is there in it. So not, I, I, yeah, I, I would be same. I guess I'm similar thing. And I think somewhere along the line, maybe the God I was taught in church was always a little bit too small. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm where the way I look at it now and this and when I look at this divine timing it's just so much more immense just so much more immense yeah I'm with you on that um and do you did you start a podcast yes did you start your podcast no sorry oh, whoopsie. 
<laughs> You'll get there. Um, if you can get all the recordings of the many things you've done, all you need to do is put them onto secret. I'm going to try to get Nigel to do it with me. Oh yeah, very good. That'd be excellent. My Michael is 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 was meant to be on this hindsight series. So you just reminded me of that because he keeps saying, "Do you not want me on there?" Even though like he'd said, "Oh no no no, we extra." Yeah, we a bonus episode. Episode, love him telling me that. So this um, diva, are they talking about the? That's not learned behavior, but you're talking about as if in relationships you sort of mimic what you. Maybe I'm taking the words out of your mouth, but I, I can. So I know we talked about this in yours, but for me, in my relationship with Michael, I can see how his dad was a professional sportsman, so um, was away quite a lot with that. So his mom um, is unreal, like can just do, like could feed 20 people in a second, which is, uh, but could also do the washing. And so it was very much like hands-on. Um, my, my mom was on her own. So I don't remember dad being there. And the, the time that dad, cause I was so young, the time that dad was there, I remember him just in a wheelchair and then in the bedroom, just in bed. So I have very vague memories of him being around, but I certainly don't remember them engaging conversations. You know, I'm always asking her now, you know what I'm giving off about Michael and she just sort of smiles and tries to, cause she loves Michael to bits. But what happened then for us was I would be this, well, so defense, you know, defensive as well, but I would have been shouty and loud. Michael got into himself. And I know I discussed this with you and yours, probably valuable to talk about it, but that over Christmas time, there was a box with one of the boys stood and wrecked the box. The Christmas tree came in and I said, the box is fine. And Mike said, the box is not fine. And then this erupted into this full scale. I don't know. And he then left. But my Michael likes to fight or flight. He fly. <laughs> he always jokes that you'll never, you'll never come to him in a playground. Like, don't be asking him to stand up for you. <laughs> but um, I know that now. I can laugh about that now. But at the time, it just, I was like, you just go. You know, I was like angry because mm-hmm. I was like, my mom did it and I can do it on my own, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the boys were big and they knew and they were distraught. Um, so we're up until three in the morning talking about it. And I realized that because dad died and then my uncle kind of stepped in the role and then he killed himself when I was 17. Um, and then, so there was this, I guess, men leaving me. That was the only way I could. So Michael said, why did you never step forward? I've never realized that that's what it mm-hmm. is. Um, what would you say on all of that? <laughs> Absolutely. And you, you're so self-aware. No, I am. But that's yeah. taken me to 30. That was 30, well, 37 this year. Yeah. 38 now. But lots of people need to come to a coach and a coach say, so Ali, why did you freak out? Sure, he was just saying he was going a walk. Why was that so big for you, Ali? Sometimes people need a third party to say, okay, let's, or lots of people do this thing where they, they're telling, and, and then you see, and then, and then I'll, I'll stop and I'll go, okay. Let's just push into that little part a second. What were you saying about your such and such? Now, the difference between coaching and um, counseling is coaching is about, okay, that happened for you, Ali. So next time if it happens, you just recognize that in yourself and you say, he's not going to leave. He just needs 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. In coaching, we don't go into the, you can, you know, we can all do this sort of thing ourselves, but in yes. coaching, we don't go into the, why this happened, that happened, this yeah. happened. We just go right, okay, that's not working. So what can we put in place? What can we put in place? And lots of people come to a coach 
at first and then they say okay I have a lot more to dig into here and I'll say that's perfect maybe you need to go as individuals to a counselor and dig into some of your hit damage but shadow work maybe oh, shadow work into that in the shadow work or your inner child work which I did a lot of that with Lee same absolutely can we say how exhausting it is yes yeah exhausting but uh, but amazing affirmative so many words I could put with that Brain. I used to have um I could just feel the temper rising in me um when I went to Lee she took me right back to the very first time I felt that and it was the most ridiculous thing it was like my dad we were training with a new pup and my dad was training the pup and my dad put the pup in a box like you would do with a pup and I went ballistic and as a grown-up now on the other side I could I can see that my dad was just doing what he knew to do with pups you know and it was like oh so when that comes up for me that's all that seven-year-old wee girl going don't put the pup in a box right I can fix that that I can work with you know exhausting but so freeing so freeing so if anybody's having issues like that absolutely look you know get into it get get right into it get right into it and then so for the coaching but then you would be so that would be me telling you that and then do you take the if it's the other partner so say it's male or female partner then do they come up from do they share the experiences with you is that what yes and most of the time it is that you will not shout and scream in front of someone so um most times i'll get messages afterwards that will say i can't believe that they said this that was so open of them and i'll be like i know that's what happens because you take the fear of basically getting into trouble yeah away from it you take the ah yeah <laughs> yeah that totally makes sense to me because even if you're in your own house and you're shouting each other you just think oh, here comes the consequences mm-hmm. whereas I suppose with you mm-hmm. is it like a landing pad or something mm-hmm. yeah and it's just me going okay no no it's okay I got this I got this and then we'll go back to us just say Michael and I'll go so Michael go ahead continue there and usually the other person's and I'm like, your tongue will be fine. You'll, you know, you're biting the chin off, you're biting the cheek off yourself at the minute, but it's all going to be fine. You're yeah. going to get your turn. Don't panic. And then usually by the time the other person gets their turn, the male or female have talked enough about it so the other can see where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Because usually when we're in disagreements, we're just so fixated on getting our say so in next mm-hmm. we don't actually actively listen mm-hmm. and in coaching you're almost forced to actively listen to the person active listening holding space for someone is the most precious thing you can do imagine yourself with duct tape across your mouth while your person is speaking and actually hear what they're saying just a couple of weeks ago Nigel came home when he was saying something about somebody about work and it and I said do you know what maybe you should do and he said what about you just hold space <laughs> well I was like <clears throat> yep <laughs> holding space holding space it's like when you hear your own words coming back at you it's not it's not it's not pleasant you know? I know you're like what yeah Ego had to have a good talking to. Calm the frig down. You're fine. He's absolutely right. You just need to hold space. This is actually how I talk to myself in my head. Sorry. That's all right. I'm saying that's I'm not going to walk. Yeah. Stop it. That's enough from you. Thank you very much. We're listening to the man that we love. 
who is very kind to us, who respects us, who loves us, who cares for us. We're listening to this person right now. <laughs> Sweetheart, go ahead. <laughs> um, and you, so we were discussing there before about uh, social media and um, magazines and things, right? If you bring that to relationships, maybe this is very flippant of me, right? And I know you were saying that you and Nigel were the two that were, you know, happy, go lucky, very happy, happy. I I refuse to believe that someone has a perfect relationship. Is that a fair comment to? Yeah. And it's well, so annoying, sorry to interrupt you, but the, the amount of people who I know are miserable because they compare themselves to someone who they see online, who they think is happy, happy. You're like, bullshit, like. Absolutely. What is it? Is that fair? Am I just being very aggressive there? But (laughs) what is a perfect relationship? What is a perfect relationship? I I would say there could be um, perfect arguments. There could be ways to argue and discuss things in a very healthy way. But perfect relationship. What is perfect? And perfect for one person, it don't be perfect for the other person. You know. Nigel is very is is quite laid back, and I'm mental. Um, that wouldn't be perfect for someone else. Yeah. That's not perfect. That can't yeah. be a perfect thing. Um, if it's working for you guys, working for you guys, I could come in and observe you and Michael's relationship. Think that's great. They're they're brilliant. But it wouldn't be what I would want. Yeah, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. That's great. Nigel and I, our love language. Everybody has to do their love language test. Our love, love language is time. But I have, so we spend a lot of time together, a lot of time together. Um, but other people, their love language is not time. That wouldn't work for me, but it yeah. works perfectly for them. Works perfectly for them. Just depends. No, yeah. there's no perfect. And we have to get, you're so vulnerable, Ali, and you're so good at saying about that Christmas thing and everything. It happened to us. Uh, our last sort of big row was, you know, in the gray area of lockdown, Oh, I'm saying summer. summer. Yeah, you know that when the teenagers were kind of allowed out, bit of they, a lull. Yeah, one of our girls decided to go. Was just a night she was going to a hot tub. Well, I thought Nigel's head was going to explode. Um, and it was one of those ones where I was like trying to get the words back in the genie in the box, you know, that way. And I was just like, just just you go on outside, you know, to the, my teenager. I was like, just go, it's fine. I'll sort this out with your daddy. And he was like, and same as Michael, that's it. That's it. I'm away. And but I knew I knew he didn't mean away. But um in the past, so we went out on his bike for like three miles, came back with his tail between his legs and and said, Yeah, that didn't go well. <laughs> and I said, No, sweetheart, that didn't go well. But in the past, Ali, that would have made me huff. I would have huffed for four or five days about that mm-hmm. behavior. Ridiculous behavior. How dare you get on like that? So he came back in. I said, that didn't go too well, sweetheart. And he said, no, will we, will we talk about it now? And I said, yeah, let's talk about it now. Like grownups, not like teenagers throwing their toys out of the pram. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but. You're not delighted with yourself. You know, like is someone not watching how good my relationship is right now. Where's the camera to see how we have just nailed this? <laughs> and then I will say afterwards, how good was I, Nigel? Nigel, how good? <laughs> how, good how good was I? How awesome was I? Nigel goes, it takes it all away. <laughs> and I'm like, surely that can't be a real thing, Nigel. I think I was awesome. I think I was awesome. praise. There's no praise at all. It's not yeah. it, but you'll take it anyway. <laughs> But don't worry, about three weekends ago, maybe we should all do this. Maybe we should just do a live sometime and tell everybody all the arguments we've had. (laughs) (laughs) About three weeks ago, um, we had a silly argument about something just different of opinion. And it was fine. It was like, fine, whatever. And I was like, whatever. Next morning, um, Nigel goes, 
you know what? Sorry about that. That was just a silly thing. Um, let's have a nice day. You know, now, wouldn't that be a lovely bow? That's a lovely. That would be. Yes, exactly. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. no. Right, right. Oh, no. Lisa decided that, um, well, someone inside of this person, somewhere inside this knowledgeable person decided that was not what we were going to do, that they decided to say, well, really, you see, what you should have said was, and and lecture ensued. This is my programming, because when I was a teenager, when when you apologized to my mum, she took that as the time to start the lecture so you would say I'm sorry that I lied or I'm sorry I didn't ring you back ring back or I'm sorry that I was half an hour late and she would take that vulnerability as the time to lecture and then I would huff so guess what happened I took that opportunity to lecture and guess what happened Nigel said I'm away to clean the cars have at it hope you have a nice Saturday Um, And so then I had to sit with it. I actually had to meditate and I just was like, Lisa, what, what is going on here? This is just not healthy behavior. I sat, put the meditation music on, had to sit, had to have a good talk to myself. Mm-hmm. And I came to the answer and then I had to go and apologize. Mm-hmm. I know, isn't it? It's, it's hard. The only thing is, I, I wonder if both of you, both of us have quite a thirst for life, I would say. We mm-hmm. definitely see it as we're, you were discussing off air about your friend who had cancer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. cancer and I think just having lost daddy and then my cousin there recently she was 41 um to cancer and just I don't know it's my my argument often with Michael when he's a bit grumpy is mm-hmm. whatever really happened you know what's what's wrong with your life your life is great why are you such a grump but he he then is just saying recently it must have been actually the weekend because we see it in our oldest too you know it's like this it's they're just a bit grumpy I have a tool for you for that. Mm-hmm. To walk away, let him be, let him be grumpy. <laughs> we, we tiny Talk him out, no. <laughs> so, um, and this and it happens to us all. So it happens to us all, but it does happen. It seems to happen guys more than, it seems to happen masculine more than the feminine. I talk about masculine and feminine energies rather than males and females. So sometimes the masculine is a bit, can be a bit more, need a bit more time in their cave sometimes yeah. and stress and anxiety. And they, they genuinely do not know what what it is. They they cannot. We the feminine can be quite articulate, and I know exactly what's wrong, and I know that. And sometimes the masculine cannot actually even know. So this can show up in women as well. Yeah, as a masculine trait, if you know what I mean. So um, I just keep took a photograph. Um, so they need time. So a little tool to use is seeing them in their distance grumpiness whatever we want to call it as seeing that in a little bit of fear okay. seeing that in a little bit of fear and stress okay and when we come at them alley with what's ever happened to you in your life you've nothing to be grumpy with now we have two people in fear and i have my hands up in the air right now two people in fear and then it's like all this energy up here if we come to that person in vulnerability and we say so can you give me a number for how you're feeling today? Mm-hmm. And they tens of us have felt one's the worst. And they might say, oh, I'm like a four. And then you say, can you give me a word to describe how you're feeling? And they say, bleh, stressed. I feel angry, but I don't know what I'm angry about. Mm-hmm. All those things. This is the key, Ali. And this is what I didn't do for 26 years. Mm-hmm. I'm here for you when you need me. Mm-hmm. And then you just go and you do your painting. Mm-hmm. 
make the fucking eggs go and make the <laughs> joking yeah mm-hmm. yep. yep. you know i'm actually much better at that with the the oldest to have seen yeah. and i think michael actually pointed that out to me was you've much more mm-hmm. you know i'll say to him and he is quite good at articulate but he'll say things like i don't even know what's wrong with me and i guess that's hormones but ali here's the thing your teenager hasn't been doing it to you for as long as michael i know <laughs> he doesn't have as many jobs they want done around you know the recycling did we talk about that michael likes the recycling even well even if he doesn't he has to do the recycling Uh, yeah we leave a nice pile beside the printer for nigel to recycle because we find it we find that that everybody we're trying to do better but yeah it's it's that it's just and sometimes relationships can become tiring because Mm -hmm. we're doing it a long time and we just need to make sure we come at them fresh and in rejuvenated and that we're both doing the work i'm very fortunate in you are as well to be with a man who there's nothing sexier than a man <laughs> doing the inner work you know they may screw up they may mess up um but there's nothing sexier than a man doing the work coming along on this mad journey with us mm-hmm. um because you and i we're the visionaries yeah. and we have these beautiful men who support us which is awesome it is um, which is awesome, which is awesome. Nigel, sometimes we're watching a movie and he's like, she, look at her, she's so cool. Look at her. And I'm like, really? Until you're with her 31 years? Are they really, <laughs> really cool? Oh, that's so great as well to hear about, even just with the, you know, that idea of approaching thing. I suppose just going back to the richness of life, I guess you never regret those bit more gentler approaches than the, the shouting is tiring as well. Mm-hmm. yeah it is or the, the shouting and the grumping and that you do think oh but it initially awesome. feels so good because it releases dopamine yeah i actually stay with our third as well um so uh lisa strutt i don't know if you know lisa strutt i think you would actually really like her um she is a coach it's a prof- professional coach but i painted she has a couple of paintings of mine and one of them was for her husband who sadly passed away but they were that as a ratio their class right brilliant and she put up um it's cancer fund for children she wrote a blog post about it and she shared it just um yesterday or the day before on twitter and i i actually wasn't even thinking about having you on today but i relayed it to michael and she said something like my family looks very different this a year on from when i wrote this but I, it remains the same invest in the relationships in each one each person in your family um and michael and i were talking about that last night because you know our third born he, he pulls his own hair right mm-hmm. and has done for me six months he turns five on friday mm-hmm. and it's now getting just like everybody notices and we're, we're trying with it harder than, but i find it very exhausting because mm-hmm. uh, he is in play therapy but we were saying last night like hot hot with each of the boys it's very easy now they're back to football and cricket and mm-hmm. to sort of throw them out there but investing in relationships would you i'm sure you would agree with that 100 we get out what we put in mm-hmm. we get out what we put in you know um and we're very good at doing it at our jobs we know at our jobs it's true get out what we put in you know that you have to dedicate time to a painting you probably know the ones that you were like uh you know should have went over you know i'm sure you don't have any like that else. oh yeah I did <laughs> we dedicate the time to that and the more time we can dedicate to our children, to our relationships, to our self, Ali, yeah. filling our own cup first. Mm-hmm. When are you the best mom? Mm-hmm. When are you the best wife? When you feel great about yourself. Mm-hmm. 
And you know, Ali is bringing her A game. Mm -hmm. So we have to have a morning routine. We have to have things that are non-negotiables, whether that's going for your run, putting your feet in the sea, dip, cold water dipping, seeing your friends once a week. And through COVID, that's why we've really, really struggled because yeah. those things that we had in place, that we had in place just by accident almost were taken from us. And turns out they were our non-negotiables. Mm -hmm. And men are struggling with this worse than women, I feel, because women have, are always quite good at putting in little bits, little bits. And Michael sounds very much like Nigel. We would go out once every six weeks with our friends. And that was great for Nigel. And that was all he needed. And then we would, but I was like, oh, I'll see Julie here. And as well, so I, I was little bits, little bits. And we have managed to still manage to do that with little social distancing walks and runs and even Zoom calls and podcasts. But men have had that stripped from them and they have found it very, very difficult. And a lot of men have then become very codependent on their partner. And that can be suffocating. Yeah, that can be suffocating. Last thing that the pandemic. Yes, I know I'll not keep you much longer. It's been so oh, no, no, well, flip me. I talk all day. Um, uh, another thing the pandemic has stolen from us is a thing called the third so it's the distance that needs to live between couples. Uh -huh. Love lives in closeness and connection. Desire for each other and sex and intimacy lives in the distance. Okay. So when has Michael been the sexiest to you? When Does he play football? What does he do? Uh, he was cutting logs the other week and it was the best I've seen him in a long time. <laughs> exactly. Being... He came in and he was in it because I, I love camp, you know, I'm... Uh, camp treetops up in the Adirondack Mountains and we love all of that kind of outdoors he's like a lumberjack <laughs> exactly and a big hoodie I could but yeah sport sport yeah he's very talented cricket and hockey yeah so when you see your person doing their thing absolutely doing your thing I was doing a podcast with my um, friend I, I call her from my friend Sinead Haig and Nigel was hovering here at the sliding doors and I said to him I was like okay that wasn't off-putting or anything I was like what are you doing he goes you just come in there and I took a picture as well. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm watching you do your thing because it uh -huh. is sexy. Oh, you know, and that it's sexy and attractive to see your person cutting logs, to see them being <laughs> playing the guitar, to see that maybe we had people, we were with people who were in a band or maybe, and even when it comes to our kids, my girls play netball and Lara with her art. She's going to be, uh, Lara's going to be Ali Hart when she grows up. Oh, um, and um, yeah, very sometimes this stuff comes up. I'm like, it's Lara's, as Ali. <laughs> so, uh, so um, you know, that was stripped, the, all of that. Yeah, even to see them playing netball, your heart yeah. is alive for them. Your heart's alive. You're so proud. It lights you up. That has been taken. And yeah. we need to get that back in place, even if that's playing up the backfield cricket or whatever it is, if we can't go back to big, huge things, whatever it is, we have to put that back in place. Because when the pandemic started, we thought, oh, we're all on holiday in Barbados. This is awesome. No, we have to get that distance piece put back into place. Right, that piece right. could be when you're out for dinner with your friends and then you see your person away over at another table. Oh, I haven't seen you for ages. How are you? Just to see that person interact socially with other people, mm -hmm. and you go, "That's my guy. That's mm -hmm. my man. That's my girl. Look at, look at her." Just Whereas instead of all just being in sweatpants, like lounging, <laughs> Michael, the best Michael did was um, last year when he had meetings. So he's teacher, but he's senior teacher, so they weren't 
teaching remember that lull when teachers oh, yes. anyway that's a whole other podcast but um <laughs> he did have meetings every day so he used to have like you know just like boxers on here and, <laughs> and the best was one day whenever um Abraham and the dog were both under the bed because we because we, he had to like just sit on the, the bed because I was using the studio so um but yeah we thank thank yeah. thankfully praise the lord we're a little bit yeah. further on Another little thing you can do is, this is really about there, um, is one of these walks that we have to all go on. You can pretend not to know each other. Mm-hmm. Pretend to bump into each other. I haven't seen you since uni. How are you? Or Annette from Little Penny thought she does this too, but she does it with her sister in Tesco's. I haven't seen you for ages. How are you? <laughs> it just brings a little bit of spice to life. Changes the conversation, doesn't it? Just light, lights us up a wee bit. Yeah, brilliant. And um, we did actually 25 days with a well, no, my Michael didn't because he's we're just differently wired. I had it in my head. I was doing 28 days, did 25. He did 19, I think. But um that was really good for us too, actually, because even the there was no badness associated with the alcohol, but it was a habit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was only at the weekends, but it was a habit. And I and Michael was like, "You're so dramatic. You're so dramatic. You don't know why you're doing this." I said, "I can do this on my own." Mm-hmm. But uh, even that was really good for us because there was, you know, Saturday night tonight. Well, should we just go for another walk at eight mm-hmm. o'clock? Because we're not going to sit by the fire and have a. But mm-hmm. then you have these better conversations, and the relationship was good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what about just that back to you again? Then, what what hopes and dreams do you have for? relationship coaching in it i will not rest until relationship coaching is a normal thing better never quits no absolutely absolutely very good and i watched a thing that's normalizing it basically aren't you i will never be the smartest person in the room i will never be that person but i will have the most passion i will have i i know i have the most passion i will not quit until it's okay to be sitting in starbucks reading at least reading a relationship book I will not quit until it's okay to say, oh, I'm going to some training on um, emotional attachment, or I'm going to, for some training on argument styles, or I'm going for do a webinar on, not everybody has to come to coaching, no problem. If you want to come and get a little bit of one-to-one coaching, awesome. And eventually when that's a normal thing, that'll be great. But that uh, that's a normal thing. And my way to have that happen is one, to be on the radio, two, to be on Loose Women or This Morning. That's where we're going. Oh my word, I feel like that would be we may end up under Oprah's oaks. You never know. And it's not about me, it's about making it normal. You're making it normal, Ali, because you're saying about stepping on Christmas box tree boxes. Mm -hmm. I'm making it normal. We have to take the guilt and shame out of this. Mm -hmm. Anywhere in life where guilt and shame lives, bad. Mm -hmm. We must shine a light. And when we shine our God-given light on guilt and shame it just disappears yeah fab thank you for that and lastly are you reading anything Elizabeth Gilbert was all we were talking about her yesterday she's big big magic too isn't she yeah she's a prey love the movie which I absolutely don't I have this daily stoic every day daily stoic okay great I've just finished the honeymoon effect but really good um really I think guys would actually like the honeymoon effect quite scientific right. um and i'm reading at the minute um oh flip sexy any fluff any fluff oh no i don't do fluff um well mm, no um well 
no see i tell people i'm a bad reader because i'm dyslexic you see i'm dyslexic and i tell people i'm a bad reader but it turns out i have three books on the go at any one time um i'm reading surrounded by idiots at the minute so it's oh it's fascinating we all get a color i'm showing ali the book right now we all get a color you and i are yellows okay you and i are yellows but then it tells you who you're compatible with that's very cool i like that what's it called um surrounded by idiots surrounded by idiots right brilliant and, and then I'm reading Bren. I always have something Brene Brown. She's around. great. Yeah, her leadership one is very good. Just when you're talking about ask uh, relationships too, I'm constantly trying to work on being a leader for mm-hmm. my team as well. And just when you were saying there about checking in with people and, and, and asking them how they are, I'm really good at that with work. I always <laughs> say at the end, "Do you need anything? What can I need?" But I'm not good at that in my home, so I'm going to work on that mm-hmm. with my boys. <laughs> But it's tiring at home. And you know when you say that at the end of the day, you get to shut down from that. Yeah. But in your own home, it's constant. It's you want constant. a story? No. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we have to fill our own cup. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you for that. It was so great to have you. Um, you. Where can people find you? What have you coming up? You were talking about your webinar before we come on. Have you any more of those coming yes. up? I just did a couples webinar that last month. So I have a little private group. It's 16 pounds a month to be in my Facebook group. And I go on there and talk about all the things. And then if you're in there, you get webinars and stuff for free. Mm-hmm. And I have special guests come in there. Maybe we'll have you come on, Ali, and do a wee chat um, about finding your artistic side yeah. or something. Yes. So um, I had a girl come in and do inner child work last month. I'm having a well-being person come in next month. But you'll find me on Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. Um, relationship.coaching.ni. Um, so everything will be on there on Instagram. And then I'm doing a webinar in May for 19 to 29 year olds. All the things I wish I had them known. Amazing. Oh, I love that. I can go on that one for you now. I can help you with that. Those were my <laughs> foggy years. Oh, that's super. Brilliant. Right. Anyway, thank you for that. And people can find you on Instagram. So you are at relationship.coaching.ni. And everything else that I do is on there. And I blather about it all the time. So brilliant. Keep doing you, keep being, and keep inspiring. Thank you for your time today. No, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Oh, great. And thank you, everybody, for listening. I look forward to uh, little snippets now. Maybe I'll get my Michael on, actually. We'll do a, a bonus episode to, I think that so you can, to be done. <laughs> so you can hear how up and down I am and how he's like a, a still, uh, yeah. still... You are actually Nigel and I. You actually yeah. are Nigel and I. Go. That's why it works. That's why it works. <laughs> but thank you for listening and watching and please subscribe so you can continue to get these into your ears and on your screens and I will see you on the other side. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the episode, I would really appreciate some feedback or for you to hit subscribe so that you get all the content every week in your inbox. And if you would like to check out my website, it's alihart.com, especially if you were thinking about... Uh, needing some mentoring sessions because I have openings coming up in the summer. Thanks for watching and listening and I will see you on the other side.